The worst kept secret in the luxury social events industry is that businesses are developed through networking, referrals and word of mouth. RSVP puts all of you in the room and lets the conversations happen. We are a member networking community for the elite of the global wedding and party industry, producing symposium conferences, awards, networking theme parties, breakfast clubs, and now weekly member podcasts and much more. So welcome to the RSVP In Conversation With podcast. My guest today describes herself thus. I was born in Turkey in a family who used to travel extensively and attend official events as my father was in the military who became the chief naval officer of Turkey. This was a great advantage to train as a destination wedding and party planner and traveling the world having experienced different cultures and traditions. Art and music were always in my life as my father was also a very talented painter and poet. I started playing piano at the age of five and still love to play classical music, especially Chopin, Bach and Scarlatti. I always have a mini concert each year for my family and friends. I love to write poetry and have even published a book called I Will Remember You, dedicated to the memory of my father. I also love singing and I can sing some opera and lyrical songs time to time in some of my events. I also dance tango on the waltz. Painting is also one of my biggest hobbies. However, I rarely find the time because of my very busy life. I have a degree in chemistry and a master's degree in environmental sciences. However, I decided to become an event planner at the very last year of my PhD. I have no regrets about this decision as I'm one of the founders and leaders of the event industry in Turkey. And I've also worked at university teaching event planners to many students and helped many event professionals to find the opportunity to work as an event planner. Although I have many hobbies, my biggest passion is my job, creating and designing unforgettable events and weddings. I am my living with my talents, not with my education. That's why my best advice for young generations is to follow their own passion. I'm very proud that my company has been going for nearly 30 years and my daughter and son have also started to work in the business. So welcome, Melton Tetler. Hi, James. Hi. Just tell me how to pronounce your surname. Tepeler. It isn't Tetler. Yeah, it's Tepeler. Tepeler. It means hills, Tepeler. hills in English. <laughs> Melton from the hills from Turkey. Wonderful. Well, and Melton means breeze, you know. <laughs> Breezy from the hills <laughs> from uh, from Turkey. That's wonderful. Okay. Now, that's a wonderful introduction. Thank you very much for, for writing it. Y- your father seems to be a very big influence in your life, even now. Yes. So j- just to get this right, he was the chief naval officer. Yes. So I suppose in the UK, that would be the equivalent of Admiral of the yes. Fleet. He was the top, top yes. man, head of all the boats. Yes, yes. Basically, <laughs> yes. And, and, and if you ever had to... Um, fire a shot in anger from a boat he was the the main person guiding all of that so that I mean uh, that's quite um, um an act to follow if your father was was such an esteemed person yes, in turkey he was he was my yeah. hero james he was my hero he was <laughs> such a special person whoever met him they were always talking about him because he had many talents not only a very powerful co- commander he was also a very talented person painting uh, he loved classical music, poetry. He has a big influence on my life as well as on my sister's life. Uh, and I'm still very proud of him. And you have two children who followed yes, you into the yes. business now. Now, you've not mentioned your husband. <laughs> now, I know that that is... I love now, him. I, um, 
I've met your husband, yeah. so I mean, I know that it isn't deliberate. <laughs> but what's your husband's name? Again? Uh, my husband's name is Emre. Emre Tepeler. We are classmates from the university. We have been together nearly thirty-five years. You know, my life wow. passed wow. with him. <laughs> <laughs> and you've shown me a picture of when you met at university, and 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 now he is quite a tall yes. man. Let's just say that. I mean. He is what six foot yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would I say yes? Yeah, and he's, he's very tall. He's one ninety centimeters. I don't know the feet. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. And you. And needless to say, you are not one ninety centimeters. I, no, I'm a little. I'm a. I'm a small petite <laughs> lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's quite comical to see pictures of you over the years together in yes, terms of the height yes. difference. But um, I mean, I've I've met both your son and your daughter, and your your daughter has your looks. But luckily, she's also the yes, height of the father, yes. which is great. Which is great. It's she's the combination mother of, of our the best family. Of <laughs> yes, completely. So you are very artistic, and it is a trait I think of most people in this industry yes. that they don't they do love the arts, and you seem to be wonderful at everything: dancing, painting, yes. playing the piano. I've heard you sing uh, when when we came around to your house. Oh, you, yeah. You, <laughs> Did you, you like my voice? <laughs> you sang a beautiful song. It was absolutely wonderful. It was in Turkish. I don't know what you were saying, but it sounded beautiful. <laughs> it, it, it really did. And so akin to that, you have a degree in chemistry. Yes. So you have this, both the science and the arts, which, again, is very, very yes. rare. You seem to have both the left and right side of the brain, <laughs> which is, I think, in this industry, that's very, very useful because having creativity combined with the organizational skills and the discipline of running a business yes. there isn't that many of you i must admit yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, let's just just take you back to your childhood so what was your first memory can you remember what was your first memory when you were growing up you remember yeah, yeah. i remember myself in cairo you know my father was a naval attache there and my sister was born in cairo her name is nile from nile because our house was just looking to the river Nile. I had a very colorful childhood. And I remember, I think I was in Cairo between three and five years old. So uh, I was going to an international kindergarten there. And I remember Cairo uh, with a bright sun, palm trees, a very happy childhood, a little sister born. You know, those were the happy days of our family. Uh, so my childhood starts with Cairo, and my father bought my first piano uh, in Cairo. It was an antique piano uh, from an antique shop. So I had my first piano when I was five years old from Cairo. Wonderful. And you learned piano from the age yes, of five. Yes, yes, yes. I love classical music. We always had classical music in our house. You know, my father used to listen to classical music, Tchaikovsky, Mozart, uh, Chopin, Bach, and I was, you know, it was very normal for me. And at the age of five, uh, he wanted me to take some piano, classical piano lessons. Uh, and since then, uh, I'm still playing and still uh, I have an instructor sometimes when I want uh -huh. to play uh, something very difficult uh, like Tchaikovsky. I need him. So, uh, and each year we have a, a concert together with my instructor okay. uh, in a little church in Istanbul for my friends and family so that I feel myself like a real pianist that day. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Tchaikovsky and Chopin. Every pianist I, I come across who, um, who is very good and you obviously are does seem to 
want to play Chopin. Yeah, it, well. just, it just seems to be, he's a composer yes. for the piano, yes. isn't he? What, what do you think makes Chopin the piano composer? I think uh, Chopin is a very romantic, you know. It's, uh, these are the composers of romantic period. Actually, I also like Baroque music very much, like Bach, Scarlatti. Uh, these are the early ages of piano, classical piano. But uh, I started with Bach, Scarlatti. They are also very difficult to perform, most of their pieces. Uh, but Chopin, you know, you give your heart, you know. You cannot play Chopin without giving your heart. You have to feel his music. That's make mm-hmm. him special. It's the same for Tchaikovsky. He had a very, uh, he had a very romantic life, and he was always sorry about his life, you know, because uh, mm-hmm. he was gay and he was not able to tell this at this period to his family, to his friends. Uh, and you can feel the sorrow in his music. Uh, actually, Chopin was not a person with full of sorrow. He fell in love very easily with women, ladies, but he was a very romantic person. And I think to be a composer, you know, when you have to have a very big heart and very deep feelings, without this, you cannot uh, create such, uh, such a magic. It's, it's magical. And yeah. I'm very thankful to my father that he was insisting me to have piano lessons because, you know, whenever I try to play, uh, I feel, you know, what kind of a magic is this? How is it a human being who composed this? This is the feeling I have. And I'm very thankful that I'm playing. It is something magical, really magical. We might go off topic, but just a question that's just sprung into my mind there. Um... You are a chemist. Yes. So you know about the sciences. But, yes. Um, and and you mentioned about creativity there. and, and But we are just matter. We are just atoms. Yes. Aren't yes. we? Which follow a chemical and the, the rules of physics. How can we produce things? How can we be creative? It's, it's um, I mean, I don't want to get re- religious about this, but it, it just seemed to me that we don't behave like the laws of the universe. Yes would expect us to behave. I mean, atoms cannot yes. create Tchaikovsky's music, yeah. but we do. <laughs> so it's it's a very, I'm just having a bit of a philosophical sort of yeah. dilemma about that a little bit. Meanwhile, but... I love philosophy as well. <laughs> I forgot to <laughs> mention. I li- you know, my problem is this. I like everything. I like, uh, I like science. I like music. I like art. I like philosophy. I like psychology. I read a lot. But, you know, uh, to be successful, you have to concentrate on one thing. And uh, I'm also thankful to my career because our business is the sum of all this. You know, you you, you need to be creative. You need to know uh, how to uh, affect people, impact people with uh, what you create. So it's about art. Uh-huh. Uh, you have to know psychology. It's the psychology of your customer. You have you have to know about some philosophy because what what you create is also very philosophical. You know, you 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 give a name to your events, uh, <laughs> and each event is different from the other. Uh, so you know, you have to like everything, and you have to have the mind of an engineer or a scientific person so that you can create. Uh, these difficult constructions in the weddings and even events. It seems to me that um, the higher that you go up 
the, the food chain of this industry and deal with bigger and bigger budgets, you become less of a wedding planner, more of a production house yes. that is akin to a, to building a film set. Yes, definitely. Uh, definitely. Uh, yes, yes. A bigger budget requires you to build more things normally, be it fun fairs or, or just an enormous stage, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, we're, we're digressing a little bit, but now one question is, do you have a special talent? But you have about 10 of them, so we're not going to go there. <laughs> um <laughs> we've already done it do you do you go to popular music you mentioned mostly classical but who's your favorite artist well i don't listen to popular music very much okay but i like barbara streisand i like uh Celine dion they are still you know they are not they are classical ladies as well <laughs> yeah, well, well they've been around a while <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yeah no that's well, fine that's okay so okay so you're Turkish, and Turkish people love their food. Um, and I love eating Turkish <laughs> yeah, food when I go there and also in London. And is it your favorite cuisine, or do you have a passion for something else? Well, I don't have an ability tailored for cooking, but I love eating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so convenient. You have to bring in the the chefs and the kitchen staff every yeah, time yeah, you have yeah. to cook. What a shame. Uh, <laughs> well, I love Turkish food. It's a big challenge for me because, you know, uh, I'm surrounded with this food as I live in Istanbul. What makes Turkish food special for the ones who have never experienced it? It's, it is the complete resemblance of this region. You know, we have many things from uh, Greece, many things from Bulgaria, Slovenia, Romania, also from Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Gulf, even Russian, you know. The Ottoman, uh, it comes from the Ottomans as the Ottoman Empire had a big influence in this region. Of course, the food. Whenever I go to Lebanon, uh, I feel myself as if I eat uh, Turkish food. Or uh, when I go to Greece, I feel as if I'm in Turkey. So uh, that's what I like uh, about Turkish cuisine. It, it is very big. It covers a very big region and a lot of vegetarian, vegetarian food as well as, uh, you know, a lot of uh, meat, chicken. Uh, so... Uh, Actually, nowadays, I'm more vegetarian. <laughs> okay, okay. So t Turkish food is really a melting pot of, yeah, yeah, of yeah. surrounding cuisines yeah, yeah, with, with the best of everything brought together. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah I, I can attest to that. I really can. <laughs> I, I, and um, yeah, some of the things I've, I've eaten in Istanbul were very, very memorable indeed. So you love to entertain at home. I've been to your home and, um, and yeah, I've enjoyed your hospitality, which is wonderful. And as have many other people from this industry. So you love, you, you love to entertain at home. So if you were doing the dream dinner party, and obviously you, you have Turkish food. Yeah. And, and actually, let's just go back. You have a bar in your home. Yeah. And behind the bar is every single drink you could ever, ever want to order. Yeah. And with the best barman in the world, you go up to the bar, what do you order? What's your favorite uh, as drink? As a drink, I, yes. I'm a champagne person and a wine person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Any particular brand of champagne? I actually, you know, uh, I again, uh, you will find me very nationalist, but uh, in Turkey, uh, a lot of good uh, wine, a very, very good wine, and uh, also uh, champagne are produced. Uh, so I will recommend uh, some. Tur I may recommend some Turkish brands, and whenever uh -huh. you come here, you should taste, because uh, actually, whatever you tasted while you were in Istanbul were Turkish. 
as mm-hmm. a drink. And most of the designers who visited for the table exhibition uh, last mm-hmm. year, uh, they were talking about the wine, how good it was. They it were was all good. local wines. It was wines. excellent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, my preference, of course, I like French wines, <laughs> but <laughs> Turkish wines are uh, also very good. Okay. And do you know that uh, it was the first wine was produced in Anatolia in the world? Mm-hmm. So yes. we have such a... Uh, but of course, because of the governmental issues, the government is not promoting very much uh, the wine producers, which is very sad and unlucky. But uh, they are producing; they are still they have a, they are still resisting, you know. And members of RSVP, and I'm going to do a little bit of a plug here, can will will more than happily taste all kinds of Turkish wine because we're doing our symposium conference there next year, second to the fifth of april in istanbul and you are producing it with us so it's wonderful and um, um it's, gonna it's be... a great honor james thank you for you know... no no it's a great honor for us to work with you you oh, are thank you, you are but you you are a testament to the to the event planning industry of turkey thank you really you so are you know, that's wonderful okay so let's go back to your dinner party so you've got the french champagne you've got some turkish wine you've got lots of turkish food who is around the dinner table anybody alive or dead you can choose the dream dinner party. You know the answer, of course. I would. I I miss my talks with my father. Yes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So I would invite him first because I really miss our talks. I I I lost them three and a half years ago. We were also very good friends as father and daughter, uh, understanding each other because we have the same brain. The second person I would invite is Dmitry Hvorostovsky. He's a Russian singer, opera singer. He's a baritone. He's also he also died five years ago. It's yeah, a very early age, like fifty-five, and I was, you know, in a big grief when I heard that uh, we lost him because he was the Elvis of opera world. Oh wow! Uh, okay. And I have never met him, so it was a very big pity. I always thought I would meet him one day. Yeah, <laughs> And I lost this chance, so I would also invite him. Well, I would uh, also invite some uh, painters from the Renaissance time, you know, Renaissance mm-hmm. and Impressionist time in the painting. I love those painters, you know. Renoir, Manet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Manet, Monet, Renoir, post-Impressionists like Van Gogh. I like it so much. And Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, we were born in the same date, 3rd of May, with Leonardo. <laughs> <laughs> so those people. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, that will be dinner party to save it, I'm sure. Now, you you do live in Istanbul, you live in Turkey, but where do you go to relax? Where is your main holiday destination? You know that I must have talked about it. Uh, I uh, usually go to Bodrum. It's a summer uh-huh. place in Turkey. Yeah. I have a summer house there. Actually, I also like to visit Bodrum when it's winter time because there are very small fish restaurants by the sea. You know, we have a local drink called Raki, and uh, Raki we call Raki Balık. It means uh, Raki and fish. Uh, so I love to, you know, even it's cold with our coats in winter time. We go there to drink to eat our fresh fish from the sea. And tomorrow I will also go fly to Bodrum for a week just to rest a bit because I had a very big wedding in Venice last week. I'm really tired. 
so whenever I need to rest, I just go uh, to my summer house in Bodrum. <laughs> Wonderful. Let's just turn now to the other side. What don't you like? What really irritates you? Yeah. What's um, um, There's something called Room 101, which is a, uh, a George Orwell thing, where you put all the bad things that go into Room 101. What would you want to put into Room 101? Well, I, Room 101 means what you are afraid of, right? It is, yes, yes. Um, afraid of or it's, it's things that you don't like. We've sort of uh, changed it a little bit. About people, I don't like. Uh, arrogant people really uh -huh. I cannot tolerate arrogant people I like to be humble very much you know I like humble people but I don't like you know when I say humble it doesn't mean that you have to hide yourself you have to be open you have to tell uh, your talents what you like uh, but in a very humble way most people uh, in the industry some people in the industry or some of our customers I find them very arrogant and when i find a, a customer very arrogant i don't want to work with them yeah because it's very difficult to you know work with them it isn't a pleasant experience yes, to yes, be... yes and i don't want my team because to work with such people as well i have uh, many wedding planners because we are a very big agency of wedding planners in my company uh, and when they are talking about such a customer, I always tell them, don't take this business, you know, we don't okay. need to deal because it gives more headache and you have to deal with this uh, wedding more than the others who deserve you more, you know. Correct. Yes. Uh, that's why I don't like arrogancy and also I don't like uh, lying. This is the second thing because, you know... Okay. Whatever bad happens, whatever wrong happens, I tell this to my team. I have to know it. I have to learn it because when I'm the last one to learn it, I find myself in a very difficult situation. Uh, in the now, my company is almost thirty years old. Of course, in the previous years, I was, you know, dealing with some people who were lying. Uh, who were hiding the truth from me and I was learning it at the event time. Can you imagine? So it was, yeah, I was working double. I was trying double, triple mm -hmm. to overcome the problem. Uh, but now, you know, I have a mashallah, we say in uh, <laughs> Turkish. Uh, I have a very experienced, very good team who knows what I don't like. And uh, whatever goes wrong, I know from the beginning. And also to the customer, I like to tell the truth, you know. For instance, if it's going to rain that day, and I know it's going to rain, and the bride is crying, oh, it's going to rain. Okay, honey, it's going to rain. So let's take the B plan. Maybe it will be better than the A plan, you know. So it's better to talk on the truth from the beginning. That's what I think, you know. Any successful business has to be run along those lines. You can't. It's just impossible because at some point it will implode otherwise. You'll get yourself into such a mess. That's true. Uh, uh, that uh, it, it won't be possible to get out of it. And if you do that, you're constantly dealing with negative things. Of course. And that's not good. You have to deal with positive things in life. Yeah. And uh, from that point of view. And your point about sort of arrogance and ego, yes, we have an industry where there are a few people like that in it. But then again, I think <laughs> we any <know> industry. Them. <laughs> Uh, well, 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 yes, yes. And, I mean, I, I have the same policy. I don't want to deal with people like that. And I must say that 
of all the people in this industry, you are the most humble oh. and kind oh, thank individual. You, thank you. you are far away from arrogance as ego oh, as you can thank possibly you. get. So, and that is why you're successful, oh, Melton. And, thank and, you as, so and much. It, it, in addition to being exceptionally talented as well. So, talking about things which aren't positive, tell me some really funny, embarrassing stories. Uh, <laughs> do you want to confess anything? <laughs> no, no one, no one's listening. Just the whole of the global wedding and party well, this year listening. Uh, I have a very uh, funny, but also at that time it was a very bad stro- story. I was uh, the planner of a very big holding. You know, it's called the Chelebi Holding. Uh, they are uh, giving uh, land services of airplanes, Turkish Airlines. It was really bad. I'm also planning luxury events, and each year they had, they were doing a big events, you know, in a big ballroom, and they were so much trusting me each, and because the owner of this holding is a lady, so she's uh-huh. very, uh, you know, she's a very powerful lady, but she also likes elegance, you know, elegant things. So she was each year asking me, Miss Meltan, what we will do this year? Uh, I'm very, you know. That year, I think it was 20 years ago, I decided to produce the first chairs, you know, renting rental chairs. There were no rental chairs at those times. We were just covering the chairs. So I said, uh, I saw a picture and there was no Instagram, uh, you know, there was nothing. (laughs) So I saw a picture from uh, an American wedding, you know, a chair. I said, oh, I have to produce this chair. So it will be something new in the industry. So I offered this lady because, you know, she was always giving a very big budget to me. Let's produce chairs for this event. Let's Uh not cover the chairs. Let's produce chairs. So it was, now it's very normal. But at those times, wow, chairs. Yes, let's produce chairs. (laughs) So we decided to produce chairs. And uh, I asked her how many people will come, how many, you know, so it's each year 400 guests, okay? So I said, okay, I will produce 500 guests, uh, okay. chairs, so that, you know, for anything extra. So I started to produce, and the chair company gave me a month to produce, and I still had one and a half month or two months ahead uh-huh. for the event. So yeah. just a week before the event, they I had a phone call from the holding they said oh, that no. the number of guests is 750 <laughs> 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 and i said what you know how can i produce 250 chairs in a week you know it's impossible she said, no 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 you can't do you know so i asked the chair company please you know you have to produce 200 so there was a big fight in between so they accepted it but they said the first 500 chairs will go. So the event is in Antalya. It's the south part of That's Turkey. It. So it's about uh, 20 hours by trucks, James. So they said the first 500 will go with the first trucks and the latest ones, the 250, will go with another truck after, you know, six hours. Oh. Because, you know, we have to still produce it. I said, okay. So... The trucks of 500 chairs started to go to Antalya. I'm in Antalya waiting for the chairs. They came. They are beautiful. 
and I'm waiting the rest 250. They are not coming. They are not coming. They are not coming, you know. And it's only two hours to the event to start. The truck's still on the way. Then it came. And I put the chairs to the whole ballroom. And you know what I realized? They were not dry. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Put the chairs to the, you know, corners. Uh, put the chairs to the corners and the, you know, first chairs that were produced, let's put it to the, you know, holding owner and the, you know, uh, directors. So the elegant ladies, the event started, the elegant ladies with gowns, they started to enter the ballroom, they were saying, oh, it's beautiful, the flowers are nice, the chairs are so nice. They started to sit down. I'm at the uh, door of the, uh, at the gate of the ballroom waiting what's going to happen. <laughs> After an hour, the ladies start to visit the bathroom and I was, you know, looking at their backs. <laughs> <laughs> and it's unbelievable. 250 dresses. Uh-huh. And I sent them to the dry cleaner after the ball. Oh, no. What, what, was uh, there paint on, on the dresses? <laughs> there were stripes they, on the dresses. They were, you know, very angry to me. Uh, but oh, I didn't lie to them. I said, you know, I was, again, I, I was expecting this. But I thought they would try with air condition and everything. Uh-huh. But I'm very sorry. I will cover all the expenses. But the good thing is, Jameis, they worked with me. After that event, again uh, for okay. almost seven, eight years more. <laughs> it is, it is amazing. It's how you deal with the problems, not yes, the problem yes, itself. yes. So they trusted me. They okay. believed in me. After they sold the company, uh, I think to uh, to another uh, holding. But uh, till they sold the company, uh, they worked with me. So. I also tell this story to my students in the university. I uh, give uh, some event planning courses in the university. I always tell them, you know, anything can happen in an event. It's a live show. But always tell the truth to your customer, you know, because they will realize one day, you know, uh, what happened. Uh, but that was uh, yes. a very bad uh, was, experience, that, you know. Well, well <laughs> today it, I laugh. That day I was crying. <laughs> everybody has had uh, that kind of experience, you know. They've, they've had a, a moment, the moment, which years later they think, "Oh my God, it was awful," but it can it can be quite <laughs> funny as well. But again, it's how you get out of it, and it it didn't harm your career. It didn't finish your career, which is the most important thing. Okay, um, we are coming to the end, I'm afraid, Melton, now, of our conversation. Uh, I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. I just want to say thank you, Melton, a polymath performer, a kind and humble person, lover of raki and fish, the best client of Istanbul dry cleaners they could ever have, and someone who will never be seen in the kitchen. Thank you so much. Thank you, James. Thank you. I just want to say, actually, just after that, Let's just give a little bit of a plug to your tabletop exhibition in Turkey. So just just give a 30-second plug to that, which is happening in October, I believe. Oh, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Table design exhibition. 
uh, is an event uh, which is created by me and with my partner Blue Chip Events to give inspiration to the whole uh, global wedding and event industry because we uh, give the chance uh, to the global wedding designers to create their designs, table designs with arches actually they create a venue you know uh, because we give them a 25 square meter area they do not design only a table you have been invited mm -hmm. they design a venue i saw it last year and it, the installations are out of this world it, it, it's it's really brilliant so what's the dates of it again uh, this year it is in 31st of october uh, and uh, till 2nd of november and they can buy the tickets from www tabledesignexhibition.com to uh, get a lot of inspirations and to uh, to get uh, networking with the uh, wedding industry uh, in Istanbul. And we've timed it so that people can go to your table design exhibition in Istanbul and then come to my event, the RSVP, yes. in Venice. So we've perfectly timed that well. So again, um, I, we're virtually sold out for our for, for RSVP in Venice, which is great. So we, we encourage everyone to, to come to Turkey and then go on to Venice afterwards. Oh, okay? thank you, James. That's wonderful. Thank you, Melton. Speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to this RSVP podcast. If you'd like to go onto our mailing list or join RSVP, then please go to our website at rsvp.club or email me at james at rsvp.club. Please keep your feedback coming and speak to you all next week.